welcome back to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast, where we discuss all things fangirl. This season, we are talking about The Wolves, a Mercy Falls series by Maggie Stiefvater, aka the Shiver series, as we like to call it. We are currently on the second book, Linger. Last time, what happened? Okay, so last time, <laughs> Grace and Sam are separated because of Grace's parents. Yep. And they just keep getting here and Yep. (laughs) Sam and Cole are having troubles because Sam doesn't understand why Cole wants to stay a wolf. Mm -hmm. Isabel's going through her own Mm -hmm. and that's where we left off. And Sam and Grace are doing the little scene where they're in two separate places, but they're like staring out into the distance as they try to sleep. So we are on chapter 22, which is from Grace's perspective. After being locked up in her home for a day... Grace informs her mom that she's going for a walk. Her mom tells her not to because she was just in the hospital with a fever, but Grace argues. Her mom then tells her daughter that they need to discuss her relationship with Sam. Grace voices her discomfort with the idea of this discussion. And good old Amy tells her that they need to discuss it so that Grace's dad doesn't have to get involved. Because no one wants that, I guess. Amy completely dismisses Grace's feelings for Sam and tells her he will be nothing but a prom picture one day. A frustrated Grace gives up the conversation, realizing it's going nowhere, and leaves. Of course, Amy knows best. You know, she knows this teenage relationship isn't going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Which, as a parent, like, I understand. As a good parent, I would understand. But you also yeah. don't support say, them. Yeah, you also don't say that to, to no. your kid. Yeah. Like, the likelihood of somebody staying with the person they're in high school, that they're with in high school for the rest of their lives is very slim. Mm-hmm. But you don't tell your kid that. They need to learn things. You let Grace learn things all of her life. Why are you trying to get are you trying to get involved now? Why are you giving her advice now? Yeah. And her mom being like, when I was your age, blah, blah, blah. And no. <laughs> I don't know if I, they, they probably did. I was like, I don't know if my parents ever played that card with me. Like when mm-hmm. I was your age, blah, 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 which yeah. I was a good kid. So that might be why. <laughs> yeah. My, my parents p- didn't pull that either. My parents couldn't pull that. Um, <laughs> yeah. They were wild <laughs> in their days. Like they're amazed to this day that me and Josh are so tame compared mm-hmm. to them. I will say in college, whenever I would like screw up something, my dad would be like, I have no room to talk because I did a lot worse. So, Kaylin, you're doing really great right now. <laughs> oh, that was always the conversation with him. My parents still judged me. They're like, why are you doing that that way? Hi, mom. I'm glad you're listening. <laughs> I'm still going to say the F bomb. <laughs> We start off chapter 23 with Sam's perspective. Sam goes to the shed to check for anyone who has shifted back into their human form. He is surprised to find Cole and Victor in there. In a brief amount of time, Victor has shifted back and forth in a way that is unnatural for their kind. Yeah, so it's just like wolf, human, wolf, human. And he says that shifting in, I don't remember which way, shifting shifting into one or the other is worse on his body. I don't mm-hmm. remember which one. I think it's, it's more painful. Shifting to wolf. Yeah, like it's more painful. And Sam knows, oh, this isn't normal. And Cole's like, I can't do this. What's going on? Like, clearly something's mm-hmm. up. Well, I mean, that would make sense, though, that it would be the wolf that would hurt more because you're, you're having, your bones are like shrinking mm-hmm. and you're growing new bones. Yeah. So, I mean, like your head, your skull's literally shrinking down to the size of a wolf's yeah. skull. Yeah, he says, it's worse from wolf to me. For me to wolf is easy. Too easy, man. I keep shifting back even though it's warm. That's what it does, right? 
And then we go into Cole's perspective. Cole explains to Sam that Victor has been shifting from wolf to human back to wolf like this since he found him at least half an hour ago. Cole notes how Sam reminds him of Beck in the way he cares for Victor. Cole then asks Sam if it's natural for a new wolf to go back and forth like that. Sam says it's not. Victor shifts back into his human form for a minute or two, giving Cole the evil eye and letting his bandmate and friend know, basically, thanks for doing this to me, man. Mm-hmm. This is what I get for letting you talk me into this, which yeah. is basically their friendship is Cole being like, hey, I got an idea. Mm-hmm. Let's try meth. Yeah. Let's turn into werewolves. Yeah. Let's start a band. Let's start a band. Let's try meth. Let's turn into werewolves. Yeah. Man. Cole is that friend, the instigator. Victor's yeah. the one who just goes with it, so you know. Yeah. After Victor shifts back into his wolf form, Cole wonders if Victor's frequent changes have to do with his brain chemistry. He explains to Sam that Victor has a pituitary problem. So, Victor's brain's got some stuff going on. Yeah. Abnormal. Yes. Uh, Sam, it goes into his perspective, clearly in pain, fed up with his current situation. A human victor asks if there is any way to reverse the shift. Sam lies by saying no. Cole notices a lie but says nothing. Sam then asks Victor if he wants a break from shifting. Victor says yes, and Sam releases him from the shed back into the woods so he can stay a wolf in the current cooler weather. Sam confronts Cole about being a friend and Cole just simply states he would rather be a wolf and Victor be the human. This conversation only further pisses Sam off. Sam's like this guy yeah can't deal with him he's not and Cole's just like oh my god like this is escalating I don't want to be here right now. Mm -hmm. Sam's like Victor's got it lucky he can just run as a wolf right now so the reason i think that sam lies to victor is because the effects of the drug are so unstable Mm -hmm. if or not drug but uh the meningitis the cure the cure it's a 50 50 chance man if you're gonna survive or not like two people have taken it one's died one he's still kicking it so you can pick your battles. But yeah, yeah he's not going to. Hasn't been enough research. Mm-hmm. For Sam's liking. Yes. See, he knew he would personally give up everything to stay human. Yeah. Because he wanted to be with Grace. Yeah. And also, Sam's that kind of person where, like, if he tells someone, oh, yeah, there's a cure or whatever, and it does not turn out well, he will feel guilty about yeah. it. Yep. Sam has a lot of black and white thinking. It's yeah. either good or bad. And so he does things on that front of this is either totally good or totally bad. And when it's a gray area, he does not want to deal with it. Now we're on chapter 24, which is from Grace's point of view. So after her argument with her mom, Grace goes for a walk in the woods. She comes across a wolf with a brown-gray coat and bright green eyes. This wolf seems more curious about her than anything. She lifts her hand to him, but the wolf recoils at the scent coming from her. Grace immediately knows the strange scent was the reason because she has also smelled it. She recognizes that whatever is wrong with her is way more than just a fever. Six wolves come and then begin to circle Grace. She wonders if they were waiting for her to change. Her body aches, wanting the change, but she knows she can't. She then remembers Isabel telling her about her mother saying terminal patients had an eerie sense of their condition. She relates because of how her condition feels currently and how the wolves sense it too. She sinks back against a tree as the wolves lower themselves and wait for her to change. She wonders how much time she has left. Dun, dun, dun. So it's the realization. Oh no. I'm dying. Yep. I'm dying. This is not going to turn out well for me. That's sweet almond scent. Sweet almond scent that we just cannot figure out. 
Who's the brown gray wolf? It's Cole. I didn't realize that until way later on, like, as I was editing notes today. I was like, oh, that was Cole that she encountered. Yeah, because if you ever notice when they talk about Cole, Cole's always curious. Like, it's never... Yeah. Cole is a wolf. He's, like, always, like, got his head cocked looking at you. Yeah, and I'm trying... I don't remember, like, whenever he finally met her in his human form. He doesn't recall Yeah, he doesn't recall it, I know. But if there was any, like, you know... I've met this girl before like mm-hmm. that feeling i don't yeah. think there was yeah but i just know he immediately liked her before she even said anything when they yeah. first met yeah if he would have known that mm-hmm. i think he would have been like oh she's dying but he doesn't register that until later either yeah if you ever notice throughout the book cole is the wolf that's always looking at them curiously mm-hmm. which is interesting like he's never shy of anything he's just pondering it yeah which is fascinating for a wolf because you think they'd be skittish about everything like the other ones. Yeah. Not Cole, though. Not Cole. <laughs> Never Cole. Like I said, Cole would be a lone wolf if yeah, yeah. he was a real wolf. Hey, chapter 25, we start off with Grace's perspective. Eventually, the wolves leave Grace. She gets a call from Isabel. Isabel asked if she can come over to see her, and Grace tells her, hey, I'm in the woods right now. When Isabel asks what the hell she's doing in the woods, Grace neglects to tell her about the strange encounter with the wolves and instead simply states that she just went out for a walk. Grace and Isabel go back to Grace's house, of course, and they order a pizza, which it was the weirdest combination. It was like cheese and mushrooms. And I don't know, that's not the, the, that's the reoccurring thing that they really like mushrooms, I've noticed. So weird. I Uh, feel uh, like if you have a group of people and you took a poll, that would not be a popular choice. I like mushrooms. But they get free toppings because Isabel <laughs> flirts with the guy on the phone whenever she was giving her order. Or as Grace puts it, that was practically phone sex on an extra thin crust. <laughs> Which I, I love. love. That Reba was talking about that as she was reading it. She read that line out loud. And I was like, Peyton definitely put that in the notes. <laughs> Because we all found it real funny. While sitting in her room, Grace thinks about asking Isabel how she's dealing with everything. She notes that before Sam even came into her life that she would not have thought to ask this kind of question. So she then asks Isabel, how are you doing? And Isabel snaps back at her, you sound like my mom's therapist. Isabel turns on the radio to an alternative rock station. And although Grace isn't fond of this kind of music, it does remind her of Sam. She ends up avoiding her original plan of doing any homework and being productive and instead sits there and just misses Sam. No. That wasn't the what happened. That's what I wrote. <laughs> I know that's what you wrote. That's why she thinks about doing it. Yeah, she doesn't want to. She all she wants to do at that moment is just lie in bed and miss Sam. I say she did it. In her imagination, she did. <laughs> she did it with Grace being like, "I was never the kind of person who asked how are you, but I decided to." <laughs> I related to that so hard. Yeah. Like, I remember eventually at one point in my adult life, I was like, I need to, like... Check up on people? Check up on people. And whenever people ask me, how are you? I need to have a response that keeps a conversation going, which I suck at. My response is, good, I'm just busy with so-and-so and so-and-so, you know? I'm just like, good. <laughs> but sometimes I'm like, good, how are you? And they're like, good. And then the conversation still ends. 
Yeah. But I guess it's a nice thing to do. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to people. She doesn't talk. I don't. I don't talk. Then we have Isabel's perspective. Isabel, still at Grace's house. She enjoys being away from her own problems until she finds a book on Grace's bedside table. It's a German poetry book that she knows belongs to Sam because it smells like Beck's house. That scent brings her back to the death of her brother. She pushes away those bad memories and thinks instead about Grace and Sam's relationship. It makes her want something that she can't put into words, but for some reason, it makes her think of Cole. She tells Grace that she met one of the new wolves, talking about Cole, of course. Amy then calls them downstairs to tell them that the pizza is here. So this, I mean, already at this point, I was like, Isabel, you know, it's not that she's into Sam. It's mm-hmm. that she wants what Sam and Grace have. She's jealous of the relationship. She's jealous. And it's not even like jealousy. It's just like... Longing for it. Yeah, yeah, longing for something like that. Which I think we can all relate to. Like, oh, yeah. When you're single and you see a bunch of happy couples, you're like... I mean, not all the time. Sometimes I feel that way. Other we, times I'm like, dear God, thank God. <laughs> I'm single. <laughs> not when they're doing gross lovey-dovey I mean, like, you know, <laughs> the genuine bonding. Yeah. My brother and his girlfriend, they'll be doing, like, mushy crap. And I'm like, get out of my sight. Gross. Gross. Ugh, couples. Yeah, me seeing couples hold hands as they walk on campus. I'm just like, eh. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. My grandparents held hands until they, until my grandfather was dying. And that's the sweetest thing ever. Like, they held hands yeah. everywhere they went. Whenever you're like 18, 19, 20, whatever, and you're a single Pringle, and that's all you see, you're like, ugh, gross. (laughs) Gag me with a spoon. Ew. Yeah. I don't mind that. It's the, like the baby talking to each other. Yeah, Yeah, that, mm, no, no, no. I got issues with other things that couples do, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, and also the fact that as Isabel is thinking about Grace and Sam's relationship, her longing and want leads her to Circle's face. And circle. Circle. He's been. <laughs> I thought you said Circle and not Circle's. Circle leads her to Mr. Cole's face. He's and- been knighted by the Queen. <laughs> by the Queen, me. And, like, it's clear that it's not just a physical attraction, maybe, between her and Cole or, like, her towards Cole. But she's also like, I enjoy talking to this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're toxic as hell, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the... It can only go uphill from here, honestly. <laughs> Actually, no, we're not there yet. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's going to go far downhill. It, I think it's that it's. Some of their brokenness just fits together for each other. Their broken pieces fit together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a puzzle piece. They're like little puzzle pieces. and That's what they say at weddings. And it's like, oh my god, gag me with the spoon, quote Caitlin. (laughs) Then we get back to Grace's perspective. So even with a mountain of toppings, Grace still feels sick looking at the food. Isabel tries to make Grace eat, but Grace just can't stomach it. She knows that it has to do with this newfound illness. In that moment, she doesn't want Isabel there anymore or her mom. All she wants is Sam. We go back to Isabel's perspective because we just switch back and forth in this chapter, it seems. Yep. Noting Grace's state, Isabel grows concerned over her friend. Grace gets up, looking very sick, and comes back with a handful of pills and ginger ale. Isabel asks what they said at the hospital before. Grace tells her that um, they said she had a fever or the flu, you know, nothing that was a big 
deal, even though clearly water's up. We all know that. However, Isabel states that they both know that this has to do with the wolves. Grace agrees. Then the phone rings, and Grace tells Isabel not to mention any of this to Sam. Oh, we keep, keep it a secret. secret. Yep. Secret secrets help no one. Secret secrets hurt someone. They do, and I feel like a lot of people are going to get hurt. <laughs> they definitely are. So we go to chapter 26, and the beginning of it is in Sam's perspective. That night, Sam can't sleep, partially because of not having Grace with him, partially because Cole's restless energy. It was like being in the presence of an exploding star. <laughs> Cole is a supernova. He's just out there shining, exploding. He definitely is. I mean, like, bright like a diamond. He is definitely this just ball. And it's not even like energy. It's just like, I'm dead. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not even dead. I'm going out in a crazy way. Yep. And I'm going to find a way to do that yep. kind of situation. Which shocks no one. <laughs> no. No, no, no. I mean, it's that rock star energy that Cole obviously mm-hmm. has. So, obviously, Sam decides to make bread. <laughs> he, Lovely. He would be great in the quarantine life, the early days. Everyone yeah. was making bread Stress in April 2020. <laughs> we made uh, banana bread in my house, and I want to make zucchini. Make I'm a baker. Mm-hmm. I love to bake. Ooh, make zucchini bread. Yes, I want some zucchini Yummy. bread. I'm, I'm, yeah. I love bread. I haven't had zucchini bread since I was a kid. Like my grandma, I stayed with her during the summer. I I stayed with her during the summer and she made zucchini bread all the time. And that stuff was delicious. Mm -hmm. And I know if I make it, it's not going to be as good, but I'm going to try my damnedest to make it because I love (laughs) zucchini bread. Anyway, so Sam makes bread. (laughs) Sam thinks of back to when Ulrich taught him how to make bread. They're just chilling. Ulrich's telling him all this. And then Beck busts through the door. (laughs) And Paul is like following behind him. <laughs> it's like, Paul, you f. <laughs> Beck goes, Tell me you didn't. Tell oh, me. Ulrich, you f. Idiot. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Beck's like, Tell me you didn't. Tell me you didn't. And Ulrich's like, Oh, what do you mean? <laughs> His little German accent. <laughs> what are you talking about? He's like, Tell me you didn't go to the doctors. And imagine being a little like nine year old Sam that's like, Oh, oh. Oh, see his head moving back and forth yeah, like yeah, a tennis yeah. match. And Paul is just like giggling in the background because <laughs> he thinks it's hilarious. And Beck's like, Ulrich went to the doctor to tell them that he was a werewolf. Imagine being that doctor, like this German guy came in today and was like, so I'm a werewolf. And they were like, oh, oh. Okay. And Beck's like, well, what did they say? And he's like, oh, they just gave me Howdall. And if you don't know what Howdall is, it's what they give schizophrenic people. Yeah, yeah. Beck was like, did they do tests on you? Or they were like, no, I'm pretty sure they just wanted me out of the clinic. (laughs) I think, like, Beck, I'm not going to say he overreacts because the wrong person could find out and take it too far. But I feel like most doctors would react. You Walk into a clinic, you say, oh, I'm a werewolf. I change into a werewolf. I change into a werewolf, or I change into a wolf. And if you're not showing them especially, like, they're going to say, oh, okay, call up the psychiatrist, you know. Mm-hmm. We'll take care of this. And then Beck's freaking out. He's like, where did you get this done at? And Ulrich's like, I obviously went to Duluth yeah. to get it done. do it in town, man. That would be stupid. He's like, <laughs> I'm not the, that dumb. The clinic here is why would I do that? Yeah. <laughs> I just find that hilarious. And, you know, I could just imagine this German guy just, 
I turn into a wolf. I can't do a German accent. I turn yeah, into yeah. a wolf when it gets cold outside. And they're like, they're like, well, how big are you? And he describes it. And they're like, well, what color are you? And he describes it. Like, he's telling them all these details. Yeah. They're like, okay, we're, we're going to get you howled all. Mm-hmm. Beck was positive that doctors couldn't possibly cure them. It was very interesting that that was brought up at this point. Sam thinks about Victor's problem and how bad it is for him. Oh, wait. Uh, I think it's also important to mention that Beck says the only way they could help them is if you change the doctor. Yeah, that is said. You're correct. Sam thinks about Victor's problems and how bad it is. Then Cole comes stalking in with whiskey in hand. Sam says... He can't understand why Cole wants to be a wolf. When he struggles with saying human, he tells him someone died for that option. Cole states that not having his memories is the whole reason he wants to be a wolf. Avoidance is a wonderful therapy, Cole says. <laughs> Me. For real. Yeah. Best um, therapy in the world. Y'all, no, no, no. It doesn't That's solve. what we all do, but no. It doesn't solve anything, no. but it makes you feel better in the moment. Sam disagrees and Cole points out that he knows he is avoiding the bathtub in the downstairs bathroom. Seemingly willing to pick a fight, Sam says it's pretty minor for him to want to avoid a bathtub compared to Cole wanting to avoid being human altogether. (laughs) Cole tells him if Sam will stop avoiding the tub, he will stop avoiding being human. They are just button heads and it's not going to go well. (laughs) No. This whole scene is an entire show. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're so different from each other and they believe in... like such different things they have very strong opinions and have had such different life experiences yeah strong opinions that no it's not going to turn out well (laughs) not at all then it changes to cole's perspective and cole tries to talk sam into getting in the bathtub at first and then forces him towards the bathroom all while sam is fervently protesting trauma yeah cole's about to be a real big asshole already know sam's trauma from the first book like clearly and then the next scene is from sam's perspective and i'm gonna just read it from the book for one spare moment i saw it for what it was the way i must have seen it before the first seven years of my life just an ordinary bathroom faded and utilitarian why did i say it like that but i'm gonna (laughs) keep on going But then my eyes found the tub and I couldn't stand. I was sitting at my dining room table. My father sat next to me. My mother hadn't sat next to me in weeks. My mother said, I don't think I can love him anymore. That's not Sam. That's a thing that looks like Sam sometimes. There were peas on my plate. I didn't eat peas. I was surprised to see them there because my mother knew this. I couldn't stop looking at them. My father said, I know. Um, he's right there and they're talking about yeah. killing him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> why'd they put peas on his plate, y'all? Why? <laughs> yeah, I got of, stuck on that one for a minute. I'm out like, of all he, the sins they his, committed his in this. His mom knows he doesn't like them. Is she yeah. trying to kill him with the peas? That's you know? what I honestly thought for a split second. I was like, are, did Cyanide, they poison their almonds, food? Bitter almonds. <laughs> yeah. Now I was being shaken by Cole. You aren't dying, he said. It just feels like it. And then my parents were holding my thin arms. I was being presented to a bathtub. Though it wasn't evening and I hadn't been undressed, my parents were asking me to get in and I wouldn't. And I think they were glad because my refusal made it easier for them to than trusting compliance. My father lifted me into the water. Sam, Cole said. I was sitting in the bathtub in my clothing, the water turning my, my dark jeans black, feeling the water wick up through my favorite blue t-shirt with the white stripes, feeling the fabric stick to my ribs. And I thought for a minute, 
for one merciful moment. It was a game. Sam, Cole repeated. I didn't understand. And then I did. It wasn't when my mother wouldn't look at me, just gazing at the edge of the bathtub and swallowing over and over. Or when my father reached behind him and said my mother's name to get her to look at him. Or even when he took one of the razor blades from his proffered hand. Her fingers careful as if she were selecting a fragile cracker from a plate of delicacies. It was when she finally looked at me. At my eyes. My wolf eyes. I saw the decision in her face. The letting go. And that was when they had to hold me down. Uh, I don't know if I have any words for that. <sighs> oh, that's a lot. That's that is a heavy. lot. Poor, poor Sam. Yeah, I I hated putting all this, put, all like, I wrote the notes, Caitlin edited the notes, and then I re-edited the edited notes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I had to select when to put passages in. Uh-huh. And at some points, when he mentions his parents at all, I noticed I was putting it in there, but I couldn't put it in words mm-hmm. what was going on yeah. to make it sound as real as it does there. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so tragic. It's so, so tragic. And I can't deal. I mean, like, he's so little. Mm-hmm. He was little. He said for a moment he thought it was a game because you are seven years old and you yeah. think these people could never hurt me. No. And he was wearing his favorite shirt. Mm-hmm. How dare they? I know. How dare they? Rotten how. And they fed him peas before this. <laughs> Caitlin's hung up on the peas. No, I no, am no. too. She's hung up on the peas before they go to kill their son by slitting his wrist in the bathtub. I, that's the worst part. Okay. <laughs> I, I understand that is the absolute worst part. Yes, I know. Okay, so then it switches to Cole's perspective. Sam is having a full-blown panic attack, asking Cole why he's doing this to him. However, Cole is so stuck in his anger with Sam overreacting to a bathtub while being so judgmental over Cole not wanting to keep his humanity. He tells Sam Beck chose this life too. Then Cole storms out, letting the cold overtake him so he could escape. Avoidance is the best therapy. Of course. (laughs) Except, you know, shoving this guy in a bathtub where he is absolutely traumatized. And he knew. He knew that that would happen. He read the newspaper clipping and he still... Cole, honey, no. (laughs) No. Do you love him in this moment? No. Okay. We're going to have a stern talking to about this. He's going to go to Sam and apologize, and I'm going to make them hug it out. <laughs> he is unknighted by Queen Caitlin. I mean, just <laughs> him trying to force Sam to deal with his trauma when he won't even deal with his own. That's what people do, though. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they do. But I don't think Cole did it. Just, I, I don't think Cole's a total sociopath. Yeah, I think it he, wasn't done maliciously. It was totally done maliciously. Yeah, but, it was, it's like half and half. Half is he wanted to see what would happen, and half he was just like, deal with it i think it's more like he wants to be the monster yeah he wants to be the monster like that's what it is he hates himself sam is the first person in a very long time that has treated him like a monster Mm -hmm. and he wants it to just he wants to play the villain Mm -hmm. and that's why he did this so if cole was on the bachelor oh god (laughs) (sighs) sorry bachelorette because he would be a contestant (laughs) he would be like I'm going to get the villain at it. Yeah. Let's do this thing. Because that is who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Sorry. Yeah. I gotta bring it up. It's know? okay. <laughs> they do the same thing on 90 Day Fiance. Alright, so now we're on to chapter 27. And the first part of it is from Sam's point of view. And actually, we're going to read the entire first page from Sam's point of view before going into a little summary. So it says, I went through the actions of punching down the dough and shaping the loaf and getting the bread in the oven. My head was humming with words that were too clipped and unrelated for me to form into lyrics. I was halfway here, halfway somewhere else, standing in Beck's same old kitchen on a night that could have been now or 10 years ago. The faces on the cabinet photos smiled back at me, dozens of different permutations of me and Beck, Beck and Ulrich, Paul and Derek, Ulrich and me, faces waiting to be re-inhabited. The photos looked faded and old in the dull nightmare of the kitchen. I remembered Beck taping them up when they were brand new, concrete proof of our ties. I thought about how my parents so easily decided not to love me, just because I couldn't hold on to my skin, and about how I'd been so quick to shun Beck when I thought that he infected the three new wolves against their will. It was like I could feel my parents' imperfect love running through my veins, so quick to judge. So after this, Sam notices that... Can we pause for a minute? Yeah, sure. We only see two wolves, two of the new wolves. Where's the third one? Dead. Dead? Dead. You think so? I don't know. Do we know. have an idea of who who we think the third wolf is? No, we is? don't know. We don't have any. Like this. Cons- well, considering Cole and Victor were in the same band, you would think the other one would kind of be in that same situation, mm-hmm. I feel. At least at the same. Yeah, same place. Event. Yeah. If we're thinking of a person who's already been named, I potentially thought it was that girl Jackie that gave them the drugs. Yeah. It was a girl. Yeah. Right? So y'all think it was Jackie? Oh, I have no idea. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I just, it just, I put that section in there and forgot that there was three wolves. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was three. I think it was two boys and a girl. Does the, the turning always take, like, does the bite always take? It's never mentioned she died. Well, it's never, she's never mentioned again. So, yeah. you know, anything could happen. Cole yeah. is completely unconcerned with her. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and no he's the, so Sam. He's the, <laughs> perspective sam saw her for a brief moment cole traveled with her he should have known but he doesn't care he doesn't he barely cares about victor true i don't think angie's referred to as angie a whole lot in the book i think she's victor's sister before she's angie you know what i mean like why are we talking about angie no i'm saying like cole doesn't cole doesn't Um, call her angie because that's not really not that great at building personal connections with people yeah (laughs) So that might be why we don't hear about her, and Cole yeah. just doesn't care. Cole might have even forgot that there was a third person there. Honestly, yeah, probably. <laughs> I would... he was still coming down from that high. He was yeah. way up there. Well, Victor was the one that was saying, help me. Who knows? Sorry, you can go on. All right, so following that, Sam's thoughts about this. Sam then notices that Cole shifted and goes out and grabs his clothes. When Sam gets back into the house, he notices someone calling on the phone. When he answers, he finds a girl named Angie on the other end, saying this number called her earlier. He assumes that Cole must have called off of his off the phone that he has. And then in his mind, he calls him a sloppy, stupid bastard. <laughs> Angie knows it was Cole, because there's only a certain amount of people who have her number. Which, pause for a minute. Why is she not concerned about her brother? Victor, you know, he just goes off and does his own thing. That's probably part of it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. We don't hear anything about the family dynamics between the two of them. Yeah. And he does say that he made them choose between each other, but also 
like your brother's missing and Cole's missing, and you and get a she just random... assumes that Cole is the one that called her, yeah, as opposed to Victor. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes me assume that they don't have a very good family relationship. So, or... well, Victor chose the douchebag that took yeah, her virginity, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She didn't know about the fight. Maybe Angie and Victor are like step siblings. High siblings were like they didn't necessarily grow up together, but they still are like family is family until it's not. Yeah. I don't know. I'm creating stories again. (laughs) Angie knows that it was Cole who called her before and tells Sam to relay the message to Cole that he needs to leave her alone or stay out of her life, essentially. And then she hangs up. Sam, who's frustrated with his whole life at this point, looks up at a picture of Beck and says, sounds like you picked a real winner. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's such a Sam thing Can't to disagree say. with that one. Okay, <laughs> then we switch to Grace's point of view. So Grace thinks about how awful she's feeling and what it would be like if she had died. She can't imagine her parents being bothered to plan her funeral, so maybe her grandmother would. She thinks of all the people who might show up considering she's so young and her death would be such a small town tragedy, as in she's comparing it to what happened to Jack. She then hears someone walking up to her door. It opens, revealing her father peeping into a room. For a second, she's happy to see him because she thinks he's actually checking on her until she notices him lift his chin to inspect to see if there's another body in her bed. Lewis, get out. Parent 101. I'm not going to check and see if my daughter who was, you know, sick, sick a couple days ago last night. I don't remember when. I'm not going to. I'm not worried. about. She's fine. She's fine. Is the boy in her bed? Is the boy. Is the boy in her bed? Grace doesn't pull the best card because you know what I would have done in this situation? Shack up some pillows. Well, I mean, yeah, that. (laughs) But also, I'm a vindictive bitch. (laughs) You put the bucket of water over the door? (laughs) No. I'm saying that, like, okay, so they've ignored her. Mm -hmm. And she keeps having the same fight with them. Like, and it goes nowhere. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it's going to continue to happen through the books. But what I would have done is, oh, and by the way, Sam's been staying here for longer than you've known him. He's been sleeping here every night yeah like you know all those nights you decided to be out of town he's been here all the nights you've been here and didn't check on me he's been here and actually he's been watching me from the woods for six years (laughs) but it's okay because i've been watching him too he's (laughs) been checking up on me even when he's not human how about that and they're like wait what It's okay, because I know that he is watching me. Mm -hmm. It's just, they're so hyper-fixated on him. It's funny, because they still aren't caring about her. They're hyper-fixated on Sam. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. just a control. Yeah, they're like, he's going to ruin our daughter. Even though we don't care about her, we don't want her to be ruined. We want someone to brag about to all of our friends, because she's so perfect, and we never have any issues with her. Our perfect little virgin daughter. They don't want change. No. They want it to stay the way it's always been. They don't want anything to change. But my other problem is, and I don't know if the words have been mentioned before. I think it's later on, but I'm going to go ahead. But he's like, Lewis says, Grace's dad says, you know, until you turn 18, mm-hmm. this is how it's going to be. First off, I don't know when her birthday is. Four months from now. Four months. Four months. months. You're telling me for these four m- months, you're going to put, you know, lock her door. Put a chastity belt on her. Yeah. And then as soon the day she turns 18, she can do whatever the f*** 
she wants to. And which makes no you'll sense. You'll go back to not caring at all. Yeah. Which, it makes no sense. Well, it the, makes no sense. If you're going to be a parent, be a parent. Well, yeah, that, because I'm just like, well, then how are they going to act when, like, if Sam hadn't been there, if none of this had happened, what would she, what would have been like when she got to college? Would they even cared then? Like, no. Like, hi, they're only hyper fixated on Sam because it changes her mm-hmm. in their eyes. And that's it. Literally not even that it changes her as a person. It's just because he was sleeping in her bed. Yeah. So they're literally just worried about her being a virgin. Well, even like her mom is like, you know, you two are going too fast. Like before they even know about the two of them sleeping together. Mm -hmm. Like you're going too fast and everything. He's just going to be a figure in your life right now. This relationship's not going to last. So... Like, yeah, it does have to do with, like, the whole sex thing. But also, this boy has invaded our daughter's life and taken up all of her time when she's supposed to be cleaning the house for us. <laughs> or cooking their and dinner. She's still or cooking! And she's still doing that. But God forbid she has any like, other... Like, if anything, she has a helping hand right now. She's got her sous chef. Come on. Yeah. Get over yourself. And I think it's real cute that Sam and Grace both cook. I think it's adorable. And you know they don't run into each other in the kitchen. They know Except where to be. Except for the first time. <laughs> yeah. It's cute, though. It's yeah, cute. Yeah, it's cute. So we have chapter 28, which is from Cole's perspective. Cole wakes up in the middle of the woods. He's human, by the way. He discovers a bloody doe he must have been eating before shifting back into his human form. It is still dying with its guts exposed. He thinks of how to kill the poor animal so that it could be out of its misery. But... He can't bring himself to bludgeon her to death. So he pulls a sharpened branch and stabs her in the ribs. He then feels guilty for it, which I don't know what the difference. I mean, I guess bludgeoning something's more brutal than stabbing it. Well, it takes longer. Yeah. Because you're hitting something over the head. Yeah. I understand, Cole. Okay. Um, A quote from him. She was dead and I wanted to be. I was going to find out how to keep myself a wolf or I just couldn't do this anymore. And... I mean, throughout, Cole talks about how much he wants to be a wolf, and I don't know if this is the exact first time where you find out, like, oh, it's a wolf, or he's just not going to exist anymore. Like, he is suicidal. Okay, so the next chapter is 29, and it's from Grace's perspective. Grace's parents come into our room at an ungodly hour of 530 <laughs> for her, which is, I would be like, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? <laughs> I would be like, why are you in here? <laughs> Same. Why? Like in the drool. Like I used to freak. I freaked my aunt out one time because like she had all her nieces in the house mm-hmm. at once. And like we were all sleeping in separate beds, like in separate, separate rooms. And she goes upstairs and she kisses every one of them on the forehead. She tells them she hopes they have a good morning while they're still asleep. And because <laughs> that's how my aunt is. And then she comes into my room and I pop up and I'm like, good morning and I'm like hey do you need something Peyton is a morning person she is always up before everyone else my favorite was our beach trip we're like you can have the main area so that whenever you wake up you have like the kitchen to yourself mm-hmm. Peyton made our coffee for us she was like what do y'all want for breakfast she's like I've been up for four hours I just that's just how I naturally am yeah. I can't help it um I used to it was fun on our beach trip because I'd just go walk out and watch the sunrise mm-hmm. while they were still snoozing. <laughs> it was fun. I was always the last one up. So, you know, I was like, y'all, you've had a whole day. <laughs> but anyway, they tell her that they're going to some art gallery out of town. Of course. 
but they wanted to remind her she is still grounded and they would not allow her to go to <laughs> they would not allow her to go with Sam to the studio. They knew today was the day that he, they were supposed to go to the studio. And honestly, I feel like so they have to come explicitly remind her she's not allowed to go anywhere. And see like I've been grounded a handful of times in my life and I, I'll have to ask mom, but I don't think if I'd have spent as much money mm-hmm. on something like this yeah. as Grace did, I think like they would say, okay, you can do it, but it's going to be supervised or something yeah. like that. My problem with this whole situation is that they're going out of town. Yes. Well, okay. <laughs> right after they have grounded their daughter, not only have they grounded her daughter, she was just in the hospital for a, a severe fever and like this whole episode where she like basically had what looked like a seizure. They're just going out of town mm-hmm. and they're like, you're still a good kid. You're definitely going to do what we ask you to do. And mm-hmm. if you start dying, call 911. Yeah. Like, well, you have to be at the house by yourself, though. It's <laughs> that. Plus, they're in the middle of this argument of Grace's like, I paid for this. I spent a lot of money on this. I should at least be able to go. Even if I am still grounded, I'll come back and like do what I need yeah, to, yeah. to do. Yeah. And then they're She's like, like me on Monday. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, we'll just finish this conversation later. Bye. Yeah. yeah they, they dip. Yeah. They they're dip like, in the middle this of this. Anymore. Yeah. yeah. So she's arguing with them and being very forward about them being parents like she is. Like she always does. And once again, at least nowhere. And they're like, we expect you to do the right thing. Holla. We're going to this art gallery. Bye. The so dumb. second they are out of the house, she goes and heads to Beck's house. I mean, same. I like, think, honestly, yeah. at that age, if I could, and if this I was in this situation, absolutely. I mean, because what's the f- point of staying home? Yeah. Like, it's not like they're going to know. They're still going to be mad at me. I'm still going to be mad at them. Nothing is changing in our relationship, clearly. So mm-hmm. why not do it anyway? No, because they dip in the middle of a conversation. Yeah. They won't actually listen to anything she says. No, that's the whole po- that's the whole problem with this is they never listen mm-hmm. to her part of the argument. There's no trust between each other anyway. So why not just do what she wants to do? Well, apparently there's trust that she will do what she's supposed to do because that's what she's always done. But she doesn't trust them with anything. No. no. absolutely not anyway she goes in the house and waits for sam to get out of the shower when he discovers her there he says he couldn't imagine it ruining it raining anywhere today jesus sunshine his only summer girl (laughs) you're my summer girl you know you are my sunshine is like a really sad song okay so it fits perfectly with this story (laughs) because it just goes downhill well, the third verse is like, or the last verse is like, and you've left me to love another. Please don't take my sunshine away. Johnny Cash, listen to it. It will break your heart. Anyway. <laughs> so, Reeves. Yeah, that takes us to chapter 30, which is from Cole's perspective. So, Cole tries to clean the scent of the dough off of him and then goes around snooping after he's washed all the blood off his hands to take his mind off of what happened. So, he... When he goes around snooping, he actually finds uh, Beck's journal again, and we're going to read a little bit of the passage from it. It says, I found one of the wolves dead today. I looked at her eyes, but she was no one to me. Paul said she'd stopped shifting 14 years ago. There was blood on her face. Smelled like hell. Then another quote. Derek changed into a wolf for two hours in the heat of summer. Ulrich and I have been trying to work that one out all afternoon. Then another quote. 
Why does Sam get so many fewer years than the rest of us? He is the best of all of us. Why does life have to be so unfair? So this kind of brings Cole into the more questions of like, what really causes the wolfiness? Yeah. Well, he's concerned about it because he wants to be a wolf. And he was like, how can I make myself be a wolf Mm -hmm. for forever? Mm -hmm. And he's hearing this thing about this person who was became a wolf in the middle of the summer which if temperature causes this how in the world did that happen and why does young sam have uh, so less years than everyone else and calls like something is up this isn't what it seems so following that we get a kind of a flashback scene so cole remembers telling angie about him wanting to kill himself she then proceeds to be the least helpful person ever and tells him only he could decide whether to do it or not he wanted her to give him advice, but then decided that, yeah, she's right. That he's the only one who can decide that. Please don't do this. No. If your boyfriend or friend or just any person is like, I'm thinking about killing myself and be like, okay, you need to see a therapist. Mm-hmm. Whether you believe them or not. Get, get them help. Yeah. Even if you're like, Psh, what did they got to be get depressed about? <laughs> yeah, she does not handle that well. But clearly this relationship is... It's, it's, it's already toxic anyway. Very much so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's young. Yep. Chapter 31 is from Grace's perspective. The next day, Grace and Sam head to the studio for Sam's session. On the way there, they discuss possible album titles and songs that Sam might record during this day. A conversation then shifts and Sam states all of his frustrations with Cole and how he doesn't understand Beck's choice in choosing this guy. Sam looks out the window and Grace is thankful for this because at that point in time, her nose begins to bleed. Chapter 32 begins with Isabel's perspective. We haven't heard from her in a little bit. Isabel decides to run. And yes, that means actually run. She's like... I've been- exercise she at the very beginning she's like yeah i'm running i decide to run to cole yeah <laughs> so what she's so honest about it she's like i'm gonna go see this guy she parks her car like three miles away from beck's house uh-huh. so that she gives herself plenty of time to change her mind <laughs> which is a very Isabel thing like, to do yeah. <laughs> she's like i gotta i gotta run and if, think if about he's this. really worth it i will run three miles yeah However, she arrives in the house anyway, discovering the utter chaos inside. Furniture upturned, stuff is everywhere, and a grayish-brown wolf is running amok. Amok, amok, amok. She immediately recognizes the wolf as Cole because of the green eyes. Shortly after, he changes back into a human. He tells her he was doing experiments to see how he could force himself to shift. The mad scientist. And how he could stay a wolf forever. And his experiments, why is that light flickering? His experiments are like, he stands in a really, really cold shower and see what it does. I think it mentioned that in like his previous chapter. Mm. But he's like... Hmm. will this work will this work well if it's because of this this has to work right because he's a little scientist he's a little something (laughs) he tells her if he doesn't switch back he will kill himself and begs her to help him and this is from isabel's or it's not from isabel's perspective but i mean it is but i'm gonna read a section for you of how this conversation went down because i hate that i'm not putting in isabel and cole's speeches to each other Because they're pretty freaking great. Like, the way they talk to each other is great. 
I laughed. I heard how cruel my laugh sounded, but I didn't soften it. Let me tell you something, Cole. I sat in this house, this very house, I pointed to the floor as he opened his eyes, in that room, and I watched my brother die. I didn't do anything about it. You know how he died? He was bitten. And he was trying to keep him keep from turning into a werewolf. I arranged for him to be injected with bacterial meningitis, which proceeded to give him a fever off the charts. Basically set his brain on fire, destroyed his fingers and toes, and finally killed him. I didn't take him to the hospital because I knew that he would rather die than be a werewolf. And in the end, he got a, his wish. Cole stared at me, the same dead look he'd given me before. I expected him to have a reaction, but there was nothing. His eyes were dull, empty. I only telling you this so you know that I have wanted to escape about a hundred thousand times since then. I've thought about drinking. Hey, it works for my mom. Or drugs. Hey, it works for my mom. And I've thought about taking one of my dad's 8 million guns and putting it in my head and blowing my brain out. Sad part? Not even because I miss Jack. I mean, I do. But that's not why. I wanted to do it. It's because I feel so damn guilty about how I killed him. I killed him. And some days, I just can't live with that. But I do. Because that's life, Cole. Life's pain. You just have to get over as much of it as you can. And then Cole simply says, I don't want to. Ah, these two. Poor Isabel. Yeah. This is like the most open yeah. she's really been at mm-hmm. this point. Because she's just fed up. She also just ran three miles. That'd be pretty fed up, too. Yeah, I should have put a more breathier part on it. <laughs> Hi? You ran three miles <laughs> to see this guy that you're kind of into. He is destroying this house and being dramatic AF and talking about how he doesn't want to be human, mm-hmm. which is what you're into. And The human. <laughs> yeah. And aside from that, you're also going through your own trauma. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I have it so bad, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, you know what? She's like, shut the f- up. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Yes, it sucks. It does suck. I've gone through too. I know this sucks. And then it switches to Cole's perspective, and Cole says he is shocked she actually has human emotions. <laughs> she tells him he she is tired of seeing him naked on the floor and tells him to get dressed so they can go get coffee, which is very unbrand for Isabel. <laughs> yep. He groans in distaste, and Isabel tells him there is plenty of time left in the day if he wanted to kill himself later. I imagine her walking out, and he's like, ugh, and she's like, there's plenty of time. You can kill yourself later. Let's go get some coffee. Like, I'm tired. I just ran three miles. <laughs> I want coffee. Let's go. Um, can you, is there a car here to drive to my car? <laughs> I think she says you better put on warm clothes because it's a hike to my car. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, but... Okay, that wraps up this episode of the podcast. We will be back next time with chapters 33 through 43. And we'll see where this story takes us. Will there be tears? Will there be laughter? Will there be us being angry at Grace's parents? Yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There is no lack of that. So on that note, we will see you next time. Please remember to follow us, Instagram at Let's Call Nothing Pod, all that fun stuff. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.